was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Skirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello! On today's episode, we're talking all about the Star Wars news out of Celebration London with our friend, Jen. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some cow power converters, <laughs> and enjoy the show. And cower com- cower com- converters. Cower converters. <laughs> all right, Nancy, you take it from here. I need to get my tongue untied. <laughs> well, first of all, we'll welcome our friend Jen to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Hello! And um, for all those listening, if you can tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure, I'm still, I'm still laughing at Calipumberthus. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I think that's a good start. Um, well, first of all, I go by uh, Mocking Nerd on most social media, so um, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, I am British, but I live in Atlanta, so I've actually been in the United States for almost seven years now. Um, I am an artist, I am a huge geek, I am also hugely into wildlife, so if you have questions about sharks or whales, anything like that, then, uh, then I'm your, I'm your person. What are your feelings on Purgles, aka the space whales? You know, I... Do my best to suspend my disbelief. <laughs> Star Wars is Star Wars. It's fantasy. It's got incredible things in it. But um, I do think they're quite great. I did, <laughs> did very much enjoy that episode. Uh, I kept wondering about how they breathe. And yeah, I just I just kind of let it go. Yeah. So, but, uh, but actually, Star Wars creatures are one of my favorite topics. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I love that stuff. What love is your it. favorite Star Wars creature? That is such a tough question. I, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I have a soft spot for Rancor, and I think that is mostly just due to Malakili and how much he breaks my heart every yeah. single every single time. It's just, <laughs> oh, that was his. That was his Rancor. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I love uh, crate dragons. I'm actually interested in uh, lots of reptilian stuff, birdie stuff, all that good stuff. Cool. And you also do a lot of cosplay, right? I do, yeah. Um, less so in the last couple of years. I really got into it doing uh, lots of Marvel stuff. I um, Obviously, as my username implies, I'm a big fan of Mockingbird, Bobby Morse. Um, I read a lot of West Coast Avengers uh, many years ago. Um, thought she was a really great character because she is, first of all, a badass, but also has a PhD in microbiology, which I thought was <laughs> particularly awesome. Um, but more recently I've been able to finally do some Star Wars costumes, uh, because there are, I mean, I love Leia, Padme's awesome as well, but I prefer being in armor from head to toe. (laughs) So when Bo-Katan, uh, appeared in the Clone Wars, I was just, I was done. I was immediately made it. Um, and then I made a Sabine costume right before, in fact, um, a few months before the first season of Rebels aired. So that was fun. That's yeah. I love that costume. (laughs) 
screen so screenshotting cool. every single teaser <laughs> <laughs> from all angles. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was fun. I love me some Mandos. Awesome. And um, so every time we have a guest on, we'll we always ask them the same question, which is how did you become a Star Wars fan? It's hard to pinpoint for me because I was I was born in 1986. So I was born into a world of Star Wars. I have never lived without Star Wars in my life, which is uh, quite a privilege, I think. Uh, but I also grew up with a brother who's uh, three years older. So I obviously was sucked into all of these toys and the, the neighbors down the road had a uh, had an at-at. And I'm sorry, I say at at. I can't. Yes, I can't. I can't stop. You are welcome on this podcast now. Hooray! <laughs> I was just obsessed with that thing, and um, I had a, a real resurgence of my love of Star Wars in the early 2000s. I think, like a lot of folks, um, and then started to venture into some of the novels and games and things like that. So yeah, cool, awesome. Well, we're glad to have you on the show. Finally, yay! Thank you. And before we move too much further on, a note from our sponsors, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details to learn how you can support Tashi Station Radio, the blog, Western Reaches of Dyson Droids, and every other podcast we seem to have collected. And speaking of Malakili and of Dyson Droids, Brian, you still owe him a trip to Dathomir. He's going to get a trip to Dathomir. <laughs> He's getting a trip to Dathomir, okay? It's going to happen. I will find him. I will send him to Dathomir. <laughs> and we're also brought to you in part by her universe. Flaunt your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. And uh, we'll be talking about San Diego... Diego Comic Con a little bit. There wasn't a lot of Star Wars news out of there, but um, they had the annual uh, fashion show, her universe fashion show. So a lot of cool designs I saw. Very cool. And that brings us over to Fixers Flash. And as per tradition, Nancy, what have you been up to? Um, Not a lot because we've been busy in other things, but uh, we saw Ghostbusters, which we both loved. Uh, and I started reading our book club pick for July, uh, Lagoon by Nettie Okorafor. Um, although I think it's going to end up becoming the book club pick for June or July and August because I haven't had as much time to read as I would like to. So note for the book club will be stretching into August because I'm a slacker. We've been busy buying a house, Nancy. I think that's allowed. Oh, yeah. Do we buy a house today? We did buy a house today. Oh, cool. <laughs> Copy and paste your list into mine for the most part. Yeah. I haven't been up to a whole lot else. But you really liked Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was great. I want to go see it again. Me too. Holtzman is my new everything. I think she's everyone's everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, what have you been up to? Well, I've been, uh, since we got back from the UK just uh, earlier this week, actually, we've finally been able to start watching Stranger Things on Netflix. Um, and we're only four episodes in, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's really, really good. Um, but I'm also very slowly working my way through my third replay of the Mass Effect trilogy this year. <laughs> There's a lot of people who've been doing <laughs> that. <laughs> it's great actually because being able to watch uh, like Bria playing it for the first time and responding to you know 
things that I was responding to just a while ago is just is really, really quite fun because I know what's coming and she doesn't. <laughs> That's always fun. Um, I've also been really trying to get further into reading Twilight Company, uh, which I have really enjoyed what I've read of it so far, but I keep getting distracted by books about birds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there eventually. That's fair. Totally fair. All right. So, uh, Nancy, that brings us to what's new on the blog, and we've got some stuff yeah. in this update. Um, well, in our last podcast, we talked about all about life debt, and uh, since then, Matthew reviewed a copy of the audiobook. Um, so if you are a fan of audiobooks or prefer them, um, check that out. Um, and he also reviewed uh, Stranger Things on Netflix and really liked it. And I have heard so many people talking about the show that I'm like, should I be watching the show? But yes. I don't even I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> so I have to look at it first. Um, we uh, Bria posted comic reviews for Star Wars 21 and Darth Vader 23. Um and Darth Vader is coming to a close, as you all know, on episode, or issue 25. So if you want to catch up, you can check out her reviews. Um, she also uh, moderated a panel at the Escape Velocity Convention, uh, and we just posted panel audio from that for a Star Wars Then and Now panel. And we also posted Western Reaches number 10, where they talked about the latest craze, Pokemon Go. <laughs> Of course. We are we are stunned that Megan and Saf devoted an episode to Pokemon Go. <laughs> right? Just stunned. No one ever likes Pokemon Go. Uh, yeah. So, yes, uh, Tashi-Station.net, head out over there, and you can see those wonderful things our staff has been working on. Yeah. Uh, that brings us now into Deke's Dirt News from Around Fandom. Um, Deke's Hurt is pretty much just going to be celebration- London. Yeah. Well, Deke's Dirt, Big's Bullshit. It's all... It's all celebration yes. all the time. <laughs> I mean, do we want to talk about the stuff that came out of San Diego Comic-Con just briefly to get that out of the way? Uh, there was a Hasbro panel. We're getting some new action figures. Yes. Uh, Jaina Solo won the Fan's Choice Award this year, which is very cool. Although, it's for the six-inch figures, which I don't collect, so kind of like, eh, meh about it. But um, I like that she got she got uh, the pick and there's also a Hera action figure, which looks really cool. Um, and, uh, a grand Admiral Theron action figure, which we'll be talking about later. <laughs> um, I know there was a bunch of other ones, but those were the, the few that stood out for me. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of star Wars stuff at Cele at San Diego comic-con. There was literature panels and stuff, but, all the news got discussed the previous week at Celebration London. So, and uh, Jen, you were at Celebration London. Um, and so we just want to start off tell us about your trip. Um, you were also at Ce Celebration Anaheim, so you can kind of compare and contrast, I guess, because I've, I've never been to an international celebration, and I would really like to do that at some point in time. But, yeah, so just tell us, like what panels you saw and like what your impression of the convention center was all that good kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, I mean, it was a, such a brilliant, brilliant trip. I mean, my husband and I, we had always wanted to go to a celebration. Um, and so Anaheim was actually the first one. We made a really 
really awesome California trip out of it. Uh, and of course, met up with you guys and a bunch of other friends at Anaheim, and it was just brilliant. And on the last day of Celebration Anaheim, uh, we made a promise to each other because we loved it so much that we said, when, wherever the next one is happening, let's go. Because mm-hmm. there were talks of Orlando, and and then suddenly it was announced London, and I, I looked at my husband and uh, I said, well, we were going to go visit my family next year anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so convenient. Was, so, yeah, we got to combine it with a with a trip down to the southwest of England to see my family, but um, it was it was kind of surreal to be at another celebration so uh, so soon after the last one. It feels, um, but it was it was fantastic. It was also my first UK convention in ten years. Oh wow! So yeah, it was really interesting for me to see how much the like the scene has changed, especially the cosplay scene. Like it is since I moved to the states, it is really kicked up several notches in the uk which is really cool to see um yeah awesome they're gone i was gonna say so what panels did you end up seeing uh there was there were several that i wanted to go to loads that i wanted to go to but uh only a few that i got to go to um the, the one thing i will say about Celebration Europe that was not as fun as Anaheim was that getting into panels seemed to be a lot more difficult. Um, I feel like there there wasn't that great communication about when things were full and when things were available and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, for instance, the Star Wars Rebels panel was one of my top three that I wanted to to get to, uh, and all the all the wristbands for those had been given out by about eight o'clock in the morning, and the convention didn't officially open until ten. So it was it was kind of difficult, but it was um, it was really cool how they did it, though, with the streaming, because they also had a very large screen for the Star Wars Live yeah. um, stream that was going on. They actually had a nice big screen for that in one of the uh, exhibit halls. So we all got to watch it anyway, which, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool that they had the the live stream for the the Star Wars show, and uh, like they had that at Anaheim too. But mm-hmm. I think they it at least from home, it looked like they expanded on it, and they always seemed to have people just hanging out around the set watching whatever yeah. was going on, whether they had an interview or a per celebrity guest or they were just showing the panel <laughs> that was happening. Yeah, that was that was really, really cool, especially because there were several panels that we're interested in that that overlapped very slightly, so you wouldn't have been able to actually attend both, but could at least kind of get involved with both of them, which was which was a lot of fun. So the the one the the one celebration stage panel I was able to get into uh, by getting up at 5 30, <laughs> getting in line, 6 15 a.m. I got my wristband. It was it was it was fun. It was very bleary eyed, but yeah. it's that sense of community I love at conventions. We're all up early to sequel cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was able to get into the uh, future filmmakers and closing ceremony. So naturally, the the last celebration stage panel of the convention was the one they got to see. <laughs> but it was completely worth it to see um, the young Han Solo actually being introduced in person. I am terrible at remembering his name. Aaron, Aaron. Alden Ehrenreich, I think, says how they pronounce it. <laughs> he, I will, I do want to say one thing about about him because I know that panel wasn't streamed, and I see a lot of people seeing a picture of this guy and uh, and saying, oh, he doesn't look anything like Harrison Ford. How is he playing young Han Solo? 
But seeing him on this panel, there was a particular moment where there was a close-up of him on screen and someone else, I think it was Pablo, down the, down the end of the, the panel, asked him a question. And he turned to look down the line of, uh, of folks on the stage and he raised his eyebrows and he smiled. And I saw that and I thought, holy crap, that's Han Solo. <laughs> Like I actually saw that expression, and it was it would yeah it was very true to what I feel like Harrison Ford is uh, his Han Solo's like. So I was quite excited by that. Yeah, um, I feel like I know when we'll talk about the it later, but I feel like that's the sort of character where you need to get the personality right mm-hmm. more way more than the looks. Absolutely, I, I think I think he will do great. Uh, he was he was the only thing I, we really enjoyed in uh, Hail Caesar. So. <laughs> Um, but of course then we had the surprise of um, John Boyega yeah and when that I just I just lost my mind I was so excited and then followed shortly by Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and their dogs it was uh, there may have been a teary eye (laughs) (laughs) Gary Um, Fisher makes everyone teary eyed it was just brilliant Uh, but my favorite favorite panel was the uh, Doug Chang panel and because uh, obviously as a, an artist myself, I'm really interested in everyone's process and, you know, how ideas come together and the execution of these ideas. And it was just incredible. It was such an energetic panel with Doug Chang sharing lots of his concept work um, and behind the scenes of some of the Lucasfilm development of, uh, of creatures, of droids and that kind of thing. And I'm a big nerd for that kind of stuff. But I took a lot of inspiration from that as an artist, listening to his process, um, like how he, when he was challenged by something that he didn't have the skills for, he would give himself homework and learn those skills within like a month. And oh, that wow. was really, really cool to hear. But um, it was also great to see him be so excited to be sharing a panel about art with a full room. Like that was a full audience and everyone was just super into it. So that was, that was one of the most fun memories that I have um, of a panel there. Uh, but there was, there was one other one. I know I'm just like rambling about, I saw this. and then I saw <laughs> But it was, it was a panel that actually, it did not come up on the app, on the celebration app. Um, it was kind of a, a blank spot. And I, I ended up hearing over the, um, over the, what they call it, speakers or something, about the creature conjurers of The Force Awakens. And I couldn't find it on my on my schedule. So I thought, oh, I'll head over there anyway. That sounds awesome. Because that same day, it was the Saturday, was the Creatures, Droids, and Aliens of The Force Awakens panel, which uh, unfortunately I missed the wristbands for. So I was kind of bummed out about that. But this panel at 10.30 in the morning ended up involving a lot of the same people and sharing a lot of the same stuff. So it was... It was a nice little uh, little surprise, but it was all about the um, again its concepts and and everything for specifically the Force Awakens. Um, and Phil Sostak, if I'm pronouncing his last name right, he actually wrote the Art of the Force Awakens book. Oh wow! Which of course I have, and it's incredible. And uh, yeah, it was it was fascinating. I really think, cool. I think we saw one of those. Um, which one did do we see that one or the other like the creature one? I can't. I can't remember which one we saw. I think it was probably the creature one because that was the celebration stage one. Yeah. So think, uh, I can't remember if it was the creature we one or not. Um, we I saw thought we the, saw one with David Collins and that crew. Um, 
Oh, yeah, it was David Collins who was hosting that one that we saw. It was the one where they brought out the the alien guy from uh, Rogue One. Yes, yes. Space yeah. Monkey. Oh, that would that would have been really cool. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's something else I want to add about Star Wars Celebration from the international standpoint. It had like the instant we walked in, it had the exact same uh, sense of community, like that that same atmosphere uh, that I felt the second I walked into the convention center in Anaheim, where suddenly like oh cool we're all here for exactly the same thing. We're here because we love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Celebration Europe, it was so much more, I, I don't want to say diverse, because obviously it's it's diverse everywhere. But the fact is that there were many non-native speakers. Um, but we're all there together for our love of the same thing and to celebrate our love for the same thing. And so you'd be able to strike up conversation with someone who didn't even speak uh, English as their first language. But, you know, they had a they had a really cool shirt. And there was there was actually one guy I complimented on his shirt because it was a uh, a Guinness shirt, <laughs> so, like you know the logo for the beer and everything. But it actually had Alec Guinness on it. <laughs> That's and, great. And I love Alec Guinness and I love puns. I love that stuff. So um, it, it was great being able to share that acknowledgement. And everyone was so friendly, and it was just such a such a great atmosphere. Everybody coming together from so many different countries. And we shared a table in the food court. Uh, there's very few tables to go around. But we ended up being invited to sit at the table of a Russian couple. And so we're actually able to make, you know, some small conversation and wish each other a good day and a good convention and everything. And it, it was just really wonderful. So it's uh it, it's great. I can't wait to go to Orlando. Yeah. And do it all over again. <laughs> I know. I, I kept seeing all the everyone at celebration, all the tweets and everything, and then watching the live stream and it it was really cool to like kind of watch along with everyone, but at the same time, all I kept thinking was, "Oh, I can't wait till I get to go back." Which is why I don't understand the people who don't like the live stream because they say it makes it less special, and I'm like, "No, because there's it's no comparison to actually being there." Yeah, yeah. I I do agree with that. I mean, I had I had a moment on the Saturday morning when like I couldn't get into the Rebels panel, like even the streaming rooms, and I couldn't get into the the uh, droids and aliens panel and then i kind of chided myself for, for being a brat about it i was like like i'm gonna see that stuff later anyway because it will be online i can see it then plus like the atmosphere of celebration is what it's all about for me as well and even just walking around the exhibit halls seeing the the people in costume there were so many little girls dressed as ray and the yeah. and and grown-up girls as well it was just awesome to see so many people being so into these new characters and and yeah there was just there was never a shortage of things to do yeah i would imagine because i mean at anaheim there were people that were kind of there was a few people who were dressed up as ray but Mm -hmm. and uh you know we there have was uh some of the new troopers but you know we still hadn't seen the force awakens yet so now you know this is the first celebration since we've got a new movie out and it just seemed like there was I mean, Anaheim was so much excitement and it just seemed like there was even more at Celebration London. So I can't imagine how much more there will be next year after we've seen Rogue One and we're getting ready for Episode 8. 
it's it's so hard to kind of process all this stuff because like we we just had the force awakens it hasn't even been a year yet it's still sinking in for me and there's all all these like last year at anaheim we had no idea what we were in for no so that that excitement that anticipation was just beyond measure um but at celebration london i mean there were loads of um force awakens cosplayers probably ray and kylo ren were the most prevalent um my absolute favorite my favorite cosplay of the entire weekend we actually saw first thing on friday morning as we were going into the building and it was someone doing eloasti <laughs> so unbelievably perfect uh, my husband and i we've become obsessed with eloasti i can't quite pinpoint why we just we love that guy <laughs> He, he deserved more screen time. He really did. <laughs> oh, one thing I, d- I did learn. So the, uh, the Abed Nido, which is his species, which I don't think I'm pronouncing right, but I only heard it pronounced once. Uh, all of the other characters that they created of that species for The Force Awakens, because they were created to be as prevalent as humans are in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Just like another species. All of them have Beastie Boys nicknames. That's amazing. <laughs> so that was brilliant. That's great. Um, so awesome. And it sounds like you had a great time and there was a ton of news. And like we said, we, we followed with the live stream and, you know, it was, it was great. And, you know, props to Andy Gutierrez and Peter Townley and everyone else who worked on that. Cause it's a lot of work, but you know, everyone who can't be there appreciates it very much. Cause can kind of, you know, it's, it's just like a family reunion. But, you know, without... <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, wah! That, that's exactly what Celebration feels like. I don't know any of these people, but we're in the same family. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the big... Um, well, we're talking about Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One was kind of like the big focus of Celebration London. Like, Force Awakens was for Anaheim. Yeah, that was definitely the marquee guest panel. Yeah, but um, Rebels was also a big focus, um, as it always is, because there's always a Rebels panel, and Dave Filoni always does a, uh, you know, a trailer, and it's very fun. Um, but this year was a l- even more anticipated because there had been a lot of rumors beforehand about a certain character appealing in Star Wars Rebels that we we talked about on the show a lot and uh so we were all really looking forward to seeing is dave filoni just trolling all of us or is grand admiral thrawn really going to be in rebels uh so we actually we have a funny story about the rebels panel we actually had to leave the house for real estate purposes and uh we're driving when the rebels panel started so brian had it brought up up on his phone and so we were listening to it as we were driving and um obviously i i was i was driving so obviously i wasn't looking at the screen but i could you know hear the audio and um so i said okay um it was about halfway through and i said i'm gonna if if when the trailer comes on i'm gonna pull off the road so we so i can see it and we were just getting off the highway at that point and that's when they start introducing the trailer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I have to get off. So I'm trying to, going on an exit and the person in front of me is going as slow as absolutely possible. Um, so I 
get onto the the road and peel off into a Chick-fil-A parking lot. And the trailer had like just started. And I, I'm really glad I did because I would not have been able to uh, continue driving if I had not pulled off the road <laughs> during that trailer. But um, so the all the not all the characters, but a lot of them have new looks. Um, Ezra, most notably, got a haircut. You know, as as teenage boys sometimes do. Uh, he looks a lot older and taller. Uh, so I wonder how much time has passed. <laughs> um, Kanan has a beard, uh, which I do not like. <laughs> Come on, he just put, oh. he just went Riker there. It's okay. No. <laughs> Je- uh, he, uh, no, I'm sorry. I was about to say something really terrible. <laughs> he can't see his reflection. He can't shave. <laughs> I know. He's just like, I don't see it anymore. Just screw it. I'm not shaving. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he definitely is looking a little more mature and serious, but I don't like his beard. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kanan. <laughs> um, Sabine has a new new hair hairdo as well, which I think is really cute. It's a like a bob with purple and white hair. So I I like that they keep changing her hair every season, which I'm sure the cosplayers love. <laughs> but um, helmet's full. <laughs> yeah, that is what the hell it's for, right? Um, Hera and Zeb don't have a lot. They have minor modifications, but those are the biggest ones. Um, so uh, it was actually funny because Dave Filoni kept pointing out, pointing to one of the Kanan cosplayers. Like, sorry, dude. <laughs> um, one of the things I liked in, they showed a clip, but also in the trailers, it seems like we're going to have a lot more Sabine next season. Uh, Tia Sirkar. Yes. See, Tia Sirkar was at the panel along with Sam Witwer, who plays Darth Maul. And, um, you know, they they fo- I don't know if they focused a lot on her in the trailer because she was going to be at Celebration or if that's why she was at Celebration, because it's a lot of Sabine focus. But there seems to be a lot of of her and Mando's, which I'm sure you're happy about, Jen. I cannot even tell you how, how excited I am. Every every season. I mean, I, I love Sabine anyway from. From the first fuzzy scan, I think it was of a magazine cover, that was the first ever look we got at any of the Rebels characters. And I saw they have a Mandalorian and I was just convinced I'm going to make that costume. I know I'm just going to love this character because uh, I was so happy to see a Mandalorian being a main character in the show. And then every season, there's more armor. There's like there are more pieces. <laughs> and then in the third um, third season... Oh, what was it? She has um, she has shin shin pieces, and I thought, oh, that was cool. And I was joking with a with a friend of mine, like, oh, next season she'll get a jetpack. But then we saw the trailer, and this season she has a jetpack, so that's quite exciting. Yeah, and uh, she has a jetpack, and she's got the dark saber, which uh, they were very excited about at the panel. There, there is so much mystery to this character that I cannot wait to find out more about because I mean the the Death Watch arc of the Clone Wars is my favorite I just I love that whole thing I want to know what happened (laughs) yeah and uh Sam Whitwer Sam Whitwer didn't seem pleased that she had the the weapon and she was just like too bad it's mine now (laughs) just very funny um, so there was, like I said, there was new clips with Sabine and then there was a new clip with Kanan, Ezra and Darth Maul. And, uh, Ezra, unfortunately, seems to be, uh, still very gullible. 
as, as teenagers are wont to be. <laughs> um, and even though I really hate the idea of Darth Maul coming back, I have to say I like what they're doing with this character, at least. Um, and I like the way Sam Witwer plays him. So, you know, at least I... I just I can't get over the suspension of disbelief, but you know this it's Star Wars, so that's what we do. But um, so we've got all that stuff, and then we see the trailer, and uh, this was you know what everyone was looking for because of course you know big stuff drops in the trailer, and then they talk about it, and Dave Filoni introduced the trailer by saying, "Let's all expand the universe, shall we?" And I was like, "Boy, did you guys know that uh, Dave is a troll?" <laughs> he is. He loves doing this stuff. He lives for it. Um, but uh, the first thing that really caught my attention in the trailer, which if they had just had this happen and not anything else, I would have been super happy, was Wedge is finally going to be in Rebels. <laughs> and I'm so super excited about that because I have been wanting him to be in Rebels since the show started it's a show called rebels it would have been a crime if wedge had never shown up right yeah i have to, uh, I have to tell you guys so um my husband kevin was in another panel when uh when the rebels thing was was happening and i i couldn't get over to the star wars live um stream um in time in that i was in a completely different exhibit hall so i pulled my ipad out of my bag <laughs> i got onto the wi-fi i realized I didn't have my headphones with me. So I sat in the corner by the door, the quietest spot that I could possibly find. It wasn't quiet at all. And I held my iPad up to my ear and mostly just listened. And every now and again, I would look to see what they were showing on the screen. And so basically I'm just sat there on my own, on the floor, in the corner of the exhibit hall, holding, holding an iPad to my face, making different expressions at the floor. Like that was my entire Rebels panel experience. And when, <laughs> when when Wedge appeared, I went, Wedge! <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's a celebration for you. Yeah, it, yeah, that and a floor of the exhibit hall and Chick-fil-A parking lot. Those were fun. And I, I think the, because we were right by the entrance, I think the tourists were very concerned when we started screaming in the car. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on in there? But, um, so yeah, Wedge is defect with a group of academy cadets defecting from the empire which if you know wedge's backstory in legends did not happen uh he was never part of the empire his family was killed and he ended up joining the rebellion afterwards um and i i mean it's a new it's a new canon so i'm cool with them doing new stories and stuff uh if if they are good stories um i think it works for what they're doing and it like i said it just makes sense to use wedge and um i in aftermath they did mention a fueling station in there uh like so i think that can that backstory can still kind of be there um i'm really excited to see like what the story is with him because i like really like defecting imperials and if wedge is now one i'm i'm okay with that Oh, and our friend Agent Callus as well, potentially. Yeah, uh, so, of course, everyone has to, you know, modulate the voice, or unmodulate the voice, I guess. Um, and and uh, 
Dave Filoni meant, talked about that at the panel, you know, and so he like he knows that people are doing this. So I think, you know, it's a, I don't even think he he's trying to keep it a secret that it sounds like Fulcrum is Agent Callus, which I'm also for because defecting Imperials, I think, again, are cool. Um, and, I also think it's interesting, sorry to interrupt, because yeah. Sabine herself also was in the Imperial Academy. Yeah. So I, I think it could be interesting how these how these paths might cross. Yeah, and or if they knew each other, maybe. I, I'm probably not, because I'm assuming he was at the Academy on Corellia, uh, or wherever the closest one was. Um, I do want to know, everyone's been speculating, There, there's a picture of, like, three of the cadets um which i one of they said one of them is sabine in disguise yeah that's what it looked like okay because i was uh, that totally threw me i thought it was someone different uh but there's wedge and then a blonde kid uh which people have been speculating on that person's identity as and people have thrown out hobby possibly which I would approve. Uh, another possibility that I would very much prove is Tycho. Because, um, you know, if they're bringing in legends, please bring Tycho. <laughs> but um, another thing I thought was interesting was during, I think it was during the press conference that they had the next day, they asked about, you know, you, um, basically Dave Filoni said they wanted to use Wedge because he's Wedge. <laughs> um, and he also wanted... He was wanting to use Biggs as well, but he, that's it gets too close to a new hope to do that, which makes sense. But I I thought that was cool and wanted to mention that because of Jen, your cat Biggs. Yeah, and he's he's actually meowing at the door right now. <laughs> so um if anyone hasn't seen a photo of Biggs, he's uh this is Biggs Darklighter. He is a, a cat that I adopted earlier this year from the Humane Society, and he has a black nose, so we named him Biggs, uh, and he has a, an orange collar with a Rebel Alliance tag, and he's great. Aww. <laughs> Yay! We need to get a Rebel Alliance collar. Well, we, Maz has a, a Chewbacca collar. Cause she's and that's like, perfect, because that, that's her boyfriend. Yes, she likes that wookie. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are going to see Wedge. I I can't wait to hear more about these episodes. They I'm super excited for them, especially after reading Life Debt. You know, I'm I'm all for Wedge getting more love. Um, uh, we've got Maul back, as I said. Um, which again, I'm interested to see how they come upon him again after leaving that temple. Um, and Hondo, which yay, bring back Hondo all the time. <laughs> Uh, they're bringing him out of jail. There's a new character called the uh, Bendu, which is voiced by Tom Baker. Yay, the doctor. Yeah, that's very cool. It, it se- that seems like it's going to be a very Mortis-like kind of episode uh, for those of you who are into that. Um, and Ezra uh, is getting into a lot of trouble with the holocron because, again, he's a teenage boy. He's doing the whole, I need to learn the evil secrets in order to defeat them. And then get screwed in the meantime. <laughs> it sounds like Ezra. Yeah. It finally makes Ezra interesting to me personally. I yeah. agree. <laughs> I'm I, not going to disagree with this assessment. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, you know, the whole, like, young Padawan getting tempted by the dark side thing can be overdone. But, like, we've seen 
someone who gets totally, you know, consumed by it in Anakin. We see someone who's tempted but rejects it in Luke. So it seems like Ezra's kind of be like on the middle a little bit, you know, which I I I think they can either have him be like you know, reject it totally or kind of skirt that edge and Caden have to knock some sense into him, which could be interesting. Um, one thing I was super excited about was the first appearance of Governor Arinda Price because uh, she's mentioned in the Servants of the Empire books by Jason Fry, which I love. And uh, she they've mentioned her a few times, but she's never actually appeared on the show. So I was really cool. I was really glad to see that because she's another Lady Imperial um, and they are not on the show ever because they only have one model of Imperial officer uh, and it's a guy. So I'm super excited to have another female character and I love her look. I love her hair, her hair, and I kind of want to cosplay as her just so I have an excuse to get that haircut. <laughs> um, but uh, so she is in the show because she um, is, you know, head of the LaFall system and, uh, Governor Tarkin returns as well and asking her, what is she going to do about these rebels? And she needs someone who sees a larger picture. And who can that be, everyone? And then the discordant organ music started playing. And then the shadowy figure flanked by uh, some artwork of Yasala Mary. And then the audience you can hear in the live stream recording. There's this collective inhale. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I... I have to say that the introduction of Grand Admiral Thrawn in that trailer is absolutely so artistically done. And yes, I had to say it that way. Um, it's it's so good. Like, And obviously, I'm a little more emotional about it because of my attachment to those books and that character. But it's just like... The way they did it where you see him from behind and you're zooming in on him and that organ music, which is perfect for Thrawn. Uh, absolutely perfect. I hope they keep it. And um, uh, Cham Sandula talking about how, you know, the new they've underestimated the new commander and he predicts all their attacks, which, you know, as you're I'm sitting there holding my breath going, it's come on, it's Thrawn. It's, who else could it be? And then they sh turn to black and you hear, to defeat an enemy, you must know them. And then the shadow turns to light and you just see the blue skin and he opens his eyes. And everyone in that room went berserk. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that loud of a cheer. You know, I, I mean, I think Chewie were home. I think he's always going to have the biggest cheer. But that one, I think, was probably the next biggest I've heard at a celebration. Like, and you think about it's because of a, you know, a book character that I it just made me really happy about it. <laughs> from a from a celebration Europe attendee standpoint, um, and someone who is also at Anaheim, I will say on a scale of Chewy We're Home to My Name's Rex, I would put that right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that I was thinking of that because um I I kind of figured that's how they were going to do or the reveal if it if it was which all signs were pointing to yes it was good Thrawn was going to be there. Um that you know have the character show up in the trailer and then talk about them afterwards, you know, and um I I'm not a huge fan of Rex, but 
it that had the same impact too where you know black screen and then voice but um yeah i was i started i screamed so <laughs> and it was just like i it, i loved the way he sounded i loved the way he looked his dialogue was perfect i had to actually go back and check heir to the empire to make sure that it wasn't dialogue lifted straight from the book because it sounded absolutely perfect. Um, and, you know, if if you haven't read the Thrawn trilogy, go read the Thrawn trilogy. Actually, don't, because I'm going to do a podcast for it soon. <laughs> read along with our book club. Yeah. That's going to be reading the Thrawn trilogy soon. But, um, like, it's a big deal. This is the... This is the I mean, there's been stuff brought over from Legends uh, since it, you know, became Legends. But this is the biggest one. And it's in a, you know, crossing over to a different medium. Uh, and it's just, it, I'm really excited because it's going to introduce a lot of people to his character and those books. And you can read them in a historical context, which will be very cool. And I, I'm super excited. Yeah, it's going to bring a lot of people to those books. Uh, and uh there was a listing spotted uh, earlier this week saying that those three books are getting a reprint and it sounds like they're getting new covers to go with it. So looks like they're doing some uh, promotional stuff for some of our favorite Legends novels. Smart. <laughs> but yeah, I, Jen, what I was wondering was because obviously at, at home, that's what everyone was talking about. And I just wondered if people at the convention were if you heard people talking about it or if there was a lot of excitement about it. Yeah, that, that absolutely was, especially because um, you've seen the video of what the uh, exhibit hall looked like right in front of the Star Wars Live. Oh, uh, that picture. Uh, that of picture everyone's expressions. Andy tweeted. Changing. It was. Yeah. The, that's the energy I love about Star Wars Celebration. Like, just that unabashed joy at some kind of reveal like that. I just, I, I live for that. I love it. Um, but yeah, it was, I remember when, uh, when Kevin came out of his panel and I basically ran to him going, it's Thrawn! It's Thrawn! So everyone was excited. I, I heard a lot of people talking. Um, but more than that, I actually found that online people were asking me questions, like on, on Facebook. Uh, a friend of mine said, wait, what, Thrawn? And then I was able to provide the information. And then as soon as he found out Timothy Zahn was writing a new book, I mean, they were just, yeah, they were absolutely thrilled. And I'm not super into Thrawn myself. I really loved Heir to the Empire. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but I, I don't have a, a particularly deep attachment to the character. But I'm I'm so happy that other people do and that they're ecstatic. Yeah, for me, it's not necessarily the attachment to the character himself, but what it represents, you know, those, those books are my favorite in legends. And, you know, I always thought Thrawn was such an interesting character and a villain. Um, and, you know, I, as like, you know, the first big post return of the Jedi books um, and, it helping bring so many people back into star Wars and kind of revitalize the fandom. It's just really cool to see that, you know, people are so excited about it. And like, I, I mean, I, I was, I, 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 I keep watching it over and over just cause it's so fun to watch, but like, I just sit there and listen to the cheers. Like 
it just from when you see his face and his eyes and people realizing who it is and freaking out and it's like this is a character from a book that was released 25 years ago <laughs> and you know people are still super you know into it and i you know i imagine as they kind of bring more stuff back in to the canon from legends i you know it's gonna have that same reaction i don't think anything will have the same sort of impact as thrawn though just because of what that represents so there, there was this one guy i didn't see him in person i i was able to see a photo of him on uh, on twitter with the uh, swce hashtag um but there was one guy that was dressed as thrawn yeah yes <laughs> The, the caption was just, this guy's having a good day. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. And then they uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, there was someone who was dressed as Thrawn. The, the Star Wars Books Twitter account tweeted a picture of him holding the book, the display book that they have. Um, so, yeah, we're very super excited about it. He's going to be voiced by Lars Nicholson, who is Mad's brother uh, from Rogue One, which is very... I. I, I'm not familiar with him from other things, but he's been, he's, you know, I think he's said that he was in Sherlock, um, several other shows, but he sounds absolutely perfect for the character. It's uh, it's that whole British villain thing. It, we, just, we can't help it. It is. <laughs> and like, I, I, I'm getting very worried because I've, I never had a thing for Thrawn because, you know, he's a villain. Like, I don't usually like villains. Uh, but I don't know. It's something about the character design and his voice that I was like, God damn it. I'm going to have a crush on stupid Thrawn. And also the same with, uh, Krennic because of his stupid cake. <laughs> um, and, um, they talked after, you know, after the reveal, they talked about him, um, and how they wanted to get him on the show for so many years. Um, and that, Dave Filoni and Carrie Hart from the story group were, um, you know, big fans of the character. And um, they, you know, it finally came to a point where they could use him since they're focusing more on military stuff this season. And um, they then they mentioned, you know, heir to the Empire and how important it was. And that um, then uh, Warwick Davis uh, introduced a video by Timothy Zahn, who was unable to be at Celebration. I don't know how they did this. I don't know how they pulled this <laughs> off. Yeah, so, like we said, the rumor about Thrawn being on Rebels was around for a while, and everyone kind of figured out that was going to happen. Um, but I, everyone is asking Tim Zahn about it, and, like, we have audio from... Uh, the panels at awesome con that Bria moderated with Tim's on where he basically is like, yeah, you guys are looking way too much into this <laughs> and, you know, being like, I don't, you know, hey, if they want me to write, they know they've got my number. Yeah. Deadpan playing it straight. So they go to the video and I, I, I'm thinking, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like he knows about it. And then I was like, God, Damn it, Tim, you knew about it. You lied. Then it gets better. Yeah, and then he's like, I can't be there because I'm busy working on my next book. Thrawn. And it's like, you can hear the mic drop. Boom. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? He's writing a book? What? Yeah, so they flew him out to Lucasfilm to talk about Thrawn, and he is writing a book and has already finished the first draft, and it's coming out in April. 
and it will be a uh, sort of a prequel showing how he gets his power in the Empire. <laughs> and I, it just, it was so funny because of all the talk about Thrawn. No one ever thought Tim Zod's going to write a book. You know, never came up. Then we all start simultaneously tweeting Tom over a Delray. Yeah. You jerk. You knew. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm super glad that they managed to keep that such a secret because it was a great great reveal. Um, so yeah, uh, Thrawn will be coming out in August. Uh, we or April. We all wanted to know uh, when the, when uh, the next book after Empire's End was coming out. So now we have an answer, and it's written by Timothy Zahn, which is pretty damn awesome. I think I was asking on Twitter earlier that day, uh, we don't know what's after Empire's End, do we? Yeah. 40 minutes later, we got an answer. <laughs> you need to ask those questions more. I, I really do need to ask those <laughs> questions more often. Um, so, like I said, um, because I love these books so much, um, I want to share the enthusiasm with everyone, and I've been wanting to read them again. So, uh, we will be starting the Thrawn cast in September, uh, where we're going to read through the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, we're copying off of Rogue Padron because we love them. And uh, we're going to read like about four chapters a week. Uh, we already worked up a schedule. It's me, Brian, uh, Matthew Bowers, uh, Tyler, who is a Twitter follower of ours. Uh, he has never read the books before. So that will be super exciting. And Amanda Cherry, who has read them, but hasn't in a while. And Brian, you have also not read them in yeah, a while. Yeah, it's, so. uh, it's been a number of years since I've read them. Yeah, so I think me and Matthew have are the most familiar with them. So, I, you know, Ro Rogue Padron, is, they're all new except for Meg, the host. But I, I wanted to do more people who were familiar with it because I want to talk about, like, the historical context of the books and talk about what happens in the EU in general. Um, so I, I'm very excited if you haven't read them in a while and want to read them. Uh, we'll be starting in September. Or if you've never read them before. Yes, which you should. Because um, we'll be starting in September. We're basically like trying to coordinate with the Rebels premiere going up through March to tie into the Thrawn book coming out. And then, of course, we will discuss, you know, the Thrawn book and how his backstory might be different. Um, Dave already said that they're not doing the Salamiri because it doesn't really tie into George's view of the Force, which I can understand. Um, I do... I I go back and forth on whether I like the Salamiri or not. Um, it, it, it was... It was a mechanism that worked for what the books needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a mechanism I think that Rebels needs. Yeah. I think I liked it so much because it let Luke be awesome without the Force. <laughs> so. Fair. Yeah. So, yeah, um, there was some other book news as well. In Indeed. Uh, we got, uh, we got the author for Catalyst. This is the Rogue One, uh, prequel novel. Uh, that's coming out this year, and uh, it will be penned by James Lucino, who uh, has written several other books in both the new and old canon, including uh, Darth Plagueis, um, Tarkin, uh, 
what else am I missing there? Uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's written a lot. He's um, he's he's the lore master. Yeah, he wrote the unifying force, which tied up the New Jedi Order in a nice little bow. Uh, the Rogue One novelization itself is going to be written by Alexander Freed, author of Battlefront Twilight Company. Which is super cool. I'm I'm really glad I got this personally because I wasn't a huge fan of Twilight Company, but I think he's a good author. So I'm, you know, I want to read more of his stuff. You know, it's it's really hard when you're like, this person's a good author, but I wasn't a, you know, it just it just was a, wasn't for me. So. Yeah, and uh, we got a just a treasure trove of short stories coming in Insider. Uh, Jason Huff, yes, he wrote is writing one. Yeah, if, uh, he wrote a series called The Darwin Elevator, which is a really cool sci-fi. And uh, Mur Lafferty, who has written um, her series, is called The Shambling Guide. It's an urban fantasy series. Uh, she also hosts a podcast called Ditch Diggers, which is about the business of writing and there was an episode of ditch diggers with uh chuck, chuck wendig and cameron hurley that was absolutely delightful several to them. listen to several uh, of them actually yeah so if you're curious about Mer lafferty go check out that podcast mm-hmm. uh, especially the ones with cameron hurley and chuck wendig because they are supremely fun and irreverent and also some new blade squadron stories um which they've they've already written several for the insider so there'll be a few more of them and also a final cover for Ahsoka by E.K. Johnson, which I am very excited about, and I know a lot of people are. Me too. I, I am jealous <laughs> of the people who got that advanced copy at San Diego Comic Con. Yes, me too. <laughs> very much so. Um, so yeah, that's um all of the non-movie news from Celebration. Uh we haven't even gotten to Rogue One yet. Uh, Which brings us right into Big's bullshit yeah. Star Wars film news. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was a lot of Rogue One news. There wasn't, there wasn't as much news as we got um, from Celebration as far as The Force Awakens because we'd had the, the Entertainment Weekly coverage a few weeks ago where we got all the character names mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I'm thinking of Celebration Anaheim. Like, we didn't really... We only knew a few of the character names, like, and we didn't know anything about, like, the Battle of Jakku or anything. So we know a lot more about Rogue One uh, going into it. Um, So we got a new behind-the-scenes clip, which is very cool. Um, Oh, it's so good. Shows a lot about how they made the movie, and... um, I, I'm I'm a lot more excited about it now than I was. Like I feel like every time I see more about Rogue One, I get more and more excited about it. Because it's it's the Wraith Squadron movie we always wanted. Yeah. Uh we got some planet names. Uh Scarif is the beach planet, and Jetta, which is uh that market planet that we see in the trailer. Um, it's important to the history of the Jedi, um, which it's kind of interesting. Uh, Bodhi also, what I thought was cool is that Bodhi works for the Empire, the pilot, um, but he's not really super into the Empire, which again is, you know, defecting Imperials. I like that. Um, we got to see the first look of Mads Mikkelsen in costume as Galen Erso. Uh, and they said he invented something so important it might change the universe. And Gee, I wonder what that could be. Right? I wonder, I well, wonder. Well, considering they talk about him being like, in, 
working on the Manhattan Project. You know. Uh, and I'm wondering if, uh, based on the Catalyst cover, if the book's about him, since it shows the Death Star super laser. <laughs> um, and I think, well, I think my favorite moment of that panel, besides the fact that Gwendolyn Christie was the freaking moderator. Surprise, Gwendolyn Christie! <laughs> I was so mad about that. <laughs> I so wanted to be in there. I was like, how the heck did they keep that a secret? <laughs> And I think that's what this celebration like reiterated to me that if they want to keep things a secret, they will keep them a secret. Um, but yeah, she was the moderator, and uh, then they introduced all the characters, and then they talked about you know how you need a good villain, and they introduced Ben Mendelsohn as Director Krennic, and he comes out in full costume with Death Troopers surrounding him, and I'm sitting there going. Is that really Ben Mendelsohn? Was that a cosplayer or was that actually Ben Mendelsohn? Because then he walked off stage and didn't talk. So I'm like, is that really him? But then he came back out later in like regular clothes. And I was like, okay. And then he started talking and I was like, crap. Now I'm going to have a crush on Krennic too. That was uh, that was a fun moment for me because the, um, the Rogue One costumes exhibit that was there. Um, it was set up very differently to the uh, Force Awakens one at Anaheim because um, that was kind of in its own room. Yeah, this yeah. looked like it was a lot more accessible. Yeah. You had to you had to wait outside and you had no idea what was in there. And then with the Rogue One one, the Rogue One one, um, it was very open. It was basically at the very back of the one of the main exhibit halls. Uh, but it was it was really exciting because as you get closer to it, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that closer up. And then the more you closer you get, the more detail you see. And then finally you get to it yourself. Um, and there really was that same level of excitement that we had for The Force Awakens one. Um, a bit less so, though. Like, like you said, Nancy, about um, we knew nothing about The Force Awakens. And I remember when we <laughs> when I walked into that and I was like, oh, the First Order and the Resistance. What? Yeah, that was incredible. So that there weren't there weren't really any reveals about you know of that kind of level, but it was it was fun when uh, when I was tweeting at that time and you happened to be online and I said, does anyone have any requests? And you went the cape. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was like, okay, <laughs> just took a picture of it because I was right at the back of it at that point and had a, a great view of the cape, uh, which needed ironing, honestly, <laughs> from, the, from the back of it. Um, I was actually, my favorite thing that I got really excited about in that, um, other than the Thai striker, which I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Thai interceptors. They're my favorite, um, Imperial ship. They're also my favorite Imperial ship in the X-Wing game. They're just brilliant. Uh, it looks like half of an interceptor. So, uh, I like that instantly, but I got really excited about the shore troopers, because this is something that's kind of new, and it's also putting the Empire in a um, a context we haven't seen them in, which is a bright, sunny beach. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I, yeah, I can't wait to see how that pans out. I love the story about how they used people from the Maldives army, and they did it in, you know... Uh, Gareth Edwards just figured like they'd be super excited and they had no idea what Star Wars was <laughs> which was hilarious I, uh, and another thing about the Maldives so um, a friend of mine actually from, from the US who also made it to London uh, she was in one of the screening rooms for that Rogue One panel uh, and we I am um, obviously a big fan of whale sharks I've got a long history of whale sharks and Alan Tudyk 
had a story about a whale shark that he saw um, while they were filming on location. And he was waxing poetic about this whale shark. And I was just really tickled by that. <laughs> I hope there's a whale shark in the movie, but uh, I'll, uh, I won't hold my breath. Yeah. I, it was really, that panel was really funny because Gareth Edwards seems like he's more comfortable talking to a big audience now. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, of course, you know, is, is our queen and can do no wrong and can say whatever she wants on stage. Yeah. But like all the other, like, you know, the, the celebrity guests were, you could tell they were like, we, we are not comfortable with this. Deer in headlights. And And then then there's there's Alan Alan Tudyk. (laughs) He's like, hey, my people, how are you? I'm totally comfortable talking in front of 4,000 people because I do it all the time every year at Dragon Con. <laughs> and I'm like, they needed to have him like do a do a like a whole, hi, I'm Alan Tudyk, and this is how you talk at conventions. <laughs> you might remember me from that time I got rebar through my chest. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Um, yeah, oh, and... So before we move on from Rogue One, I thought the winner of Celebration besides Thrawn was Kid Krennic. And you saw him several times, right? I did. And the first time I saw him, it was on the it was on the Friday. So it was the first day of the con. And it was not long after I took the photo for you of the of the uh, of the cape, the real cape. And then I saw this kid and I, I thought, no way. And uh I asked if I could take a photo and he struck this pose where he put his foot slightly up um, (laughs) on the exhibit next to him. And the way I took, I took two photos, but the first one, the, the light kind of caught and it looked like these beams of light radiating down onto this little kid who was playing (laughs) that role so well. And he, he was in that costume for three days. (laughs) So he was, I saw him on Saturday and I saw him on Sunday. And uh, he was he was rocking it. It was amazing. And uh, they he was they, they talked to him during the closing ceremonies. And apparently they're from Florida. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I got to meet these people next year at Orlando. <laughs> or hopefully he'll have another awesome costume. But yeah, I was wondering if he ever got sick of posing for people. But it seemed like he was just loving it. Oh, absolutely. And the, the other thing. Uh, so obviously wasn't able to get into the panel. So I did not see the trailer. Uh, As I know, anyone who was not in that room also did not get to see it. However, I did get to hear it (laughs) (laughs) because the way the, the panels were done, they were just kind of separated from the rest of the exhibit hall by these big black curtains. That's so weird. I was trying as soon as I heard, because one of the streaming rooms was, uh, was kind of near me. And uh, the, the music started and I was, I was at a, uh, a booth at the time and I covered my ears. I was like, no, no, I can't hear this. <laughs> um, and then there was just no way to avoid it at that point. And there was, there was one thing that I heard and I was so excited to hear. And I just, I can't wait to see it all in context. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. So when, <laughs> whenever we get to see that trailer. It's definitely a great sounding trailer. Yeah. yeah I can guarantee you that. Yeah. So, um, anything else we want to talk about Rogue One or just move on to the, the future stuff? I, Celebration Europe pushed me far from excited to can't wait for Rogue One. Yeah. I'm still very much Rogue One is a 
filler movie for me, <laughs> but it's a filler movie I'm really excited about. I mean, it's a Star Wars movie. I'm super ex- I'll be there opening night, no doubt, but you know, as I've said before on the podcast, we know where my loyalties lie. And they lie in episode eight <laughs> with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> One of the things I'm uh, I'm seeing a lot of in response to this build up to Rogue One, I've seen so many people saying, "This is the Star Wars movie I like. I wanted." And I'm a big sucker for military sci-fi, um, so I'm really excited for it as well. As even though many of my favorite characters happen to be Jedi, like Ahsoka, and you know, but. Um, this really does have that different gritty grounding grounded kind of feel to it. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I am super excited about it is because like, I, I love the X-Wing books so much and I love Wraith Squadron, which I think like this is pretty much going to be Wraith Squadron, the movie. Um, I'm really excited for that and to see how they do a Star Wars movie with hardly any Jedi. Um, and not really focusing on the force. I think it's going to be really interesting. And, um, you know, all, all I've seen of the characters so far, I really like, um, you know, so, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm not looking forward to it. Like if I have to wait for episode eight, you know, this is definitely going to fulfill my needs until then. (laughs) And I'm, there were also a lot, and surprisingly, a lot of Jin Erso cosplayers. Yeah, more, more so than there were Rays at Anaheim. Yeah, I, I'm. It's I'm ex- really fun. It's like, oh wow, we get another character that we can cosplay. Who's a main character? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, um, the future film like panel was not streamed, but if you go on YouTube, you can find some videos of it. <laughs> before they take them down. Uh, I actually don't think they will because it's the same um, website that put up uh, videos of the San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con panel from last year that were not taken down. So um, Yeah, that panel from San Diego Comic-Con last year, I think that video was just kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, endorsed. Yeah. Um, but um, so they talked about episode eight they also talked about the han solo standalone but uh ryan johnson talked a lot about um you know episode eight and their inspirations for it and uh jen since you were there um you can tell us more about it i can it was uh there wasn't a whole lot of uh, of new information i'll be really honest i mean right. i, I- there with a stupid grin on my face because I couldn't believe I was in the same room as these people. I was in the same room as Kathleen Kennedy. I was just, yeah, I didn't even know that John and Mark and Carrie were about to walk out. Yeah. So yeah, fairly, fairly mind blowing. <laughs> I will say, um, right as that panel was beginning, suddenly my Wi-Fi didn't work. Oh. <laughs> I didn't hmm. know what was going on there. It was. Um, yeah, it was a very presidential motorcade coming by. Suddenly your phone doesn't work. Kind mm-hmm. of feeling to it. And Even I don't... Uh, so, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, like, I don't understand why it wasn't streamed. Like, why... And the one at um, the one at uh, Anaheim wasn't streamed for Rogue One either. We they, And we thought that was because there was a weird marketing agreement with uh, Rogue Nation yeah, going on at the but time. But, I mean, it seems like the future... Um, like the future filmmakers panels aren't going to be streamed. And I like, I don't understand why, because it's not like it's secret information. And, and like I said, the panels on YouTube right now. So I don't, I don't get what, like, and I'm not trying to be like, Oh, this isn't fair. I just don't understand why. 
because they didn't show anything. They they didn't. It was um, most of what they showed. Most of what they showed. I did take a few photos of the screen. Were things that were already available. Like um, when Ryan Johnson came out and he was, uh, he shared some of the photos from his Instagram, and he did say that most of what he has shared so far, it's a lot of green screen, and yeah. he was very emphatic in saying that he doesn't want people to think it's all green screen. It's that he doesn't want to give anything away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that was uh, that was interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they talked about uh, their sort of inspirations. Um, and then later on, John Boyega and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher came out. And that was very cool. They talked about filming episode eight. And like uh, they mentioned uh, Kelly Marie Tran and how... Like, apparently her role is supposed to be a big breakout I'm role. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited because I have no idea who she's playing or what kind of role Come she's on, playing. Come on, space pirate, space pirate, space pirate. <laughs> that would be cool. I'm thinking she's another resistance soldier because if she has a lot of scenes with John Boyega, that would kind of make sense if she's another soldier, which would be super cool to have, like, another female soldier. Uh, and also she's, you know, Asian, which is very cool. Um, so JJ followed through with the go Asian. <laughs> well, not no, JJ didn't. <laughs> um, and like when Mark, they said um, I was like the Star Wars live blog was talking about, you know, when Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher came out, they were playing Luke and Leia. And I was like, oh, my God, if I was there, I'd be crying. <laughs> they did. I remember just saying out loud they're playing Luke and Leia like of course they are I just <laughs> I just couldn't control what my mouth was doing so Ugh, and it's I, I I can't wait for them to reunite and I really hope we get to see that scene because uh, of course of course we will we have to right we have to and um I saw some people online because people like to take everything Mark Hamill says and blow it way out of proportion and try to read into his words as if he hasn't been doing this for 30 something years and keeping the biggest secrets ever like Darth Vader being Luke's father um that they asked he was talking about how people asked them if him and Carrie are like brother and sister and they were joking around and saying how they drive each other crazy. And it was super funny. Like, you have to go watch it because they're they're hilarious together. And he's like, she drives me crazy. But we have a shared experience and I will defend her with my life. And people are t- saying that that is a hint that Luke dies in episode eight defending Leia. Oh, come on. I'm like, really, guys? Really? Like, no, Mark Hamill doesn't just slip with spoilers like that and also he was talking about him as a person not luke skywalker so there's a difference yeah there is a difference a very big difference because he does not act like luke skywalker (laughs) um yeah and I, i i saw pictures and i was like oh my god millie and gary are with them which i thought was great that was they are two of the most well behaved dogs I know, right? The room had almost the exact same reaction to when uh, when Mark and Carrie came out as when the dogs came out. <laughs> same level of excitement. Right? I was like, my, my dog was out there. She'd be running back and forth being like, what? what, what, what what's going on? <laughs> they, they just 
jumped straight up into their laps. It, yeah. was, it was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I was really excited to just hear a little bit more about episode eight. And uh, Ryan Johnson said he was going to be at Celebration next year, of course, and there'll be the big panel. And I will. I'm going to try to be there because I I I. I keep saying, like, what is the trailer moment going to be this year? Like, last year was Chewie, we're home. And I keep thinking, like, the something that would make people freak out is Luke igniting his lightsaber. So I'm, like, crossing my fingers if that happens, and then I'll die. <laughs> I, I think that will be my uh, my first overnight panel campout. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, I, I usually do. I won't do them for a lot of stuff, but, like... I, I think for that one, I will just because of that. Um, and then they also talked about the Han Solo standalone um, and uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord came out um, who were directed the Lego movie, uh, which is amazing. Um, and they finally confirmed that uh, Alden Ehrenreich is playing Han Solo and they brought him out. Best kept secret in Hollywood. <laughs> um, so, uh, what sort of stuff did they talk about? And they didn't really say much about the Han Solo movie because it's a lot further in production. Um, but I know they talked a little bit about it. Yeah, they they did say that uh, he was the first person that auditioned, but they then saw uh, God, I can't remember the figure. I think like, they said three thousand. Three thousand other people, and yet they went with him and so they just apologized <laughs> for wasting all that money. Kathleen Kennedy just kind of waved, waved her hand. And it was it was really cute because they also showed a photo that um, Alden's mum had sent of uh, his original Han Solo action figure. Aww. It was really cute in its little, you know, ice cream container um, they seem to be kept in. <laughs> but I was more focused on the fact that there was Greedo behind it. <laughs> That's funny. And it was commented on at the panel like, oh, you had Greedo, cool. So, yeah, it was it was cute. And a very- yeah, again, it's not really a whole lot of uh, new information about it, but I mean, seeing him in person, seeing him answer these questions in person, and I, I really think he'll be a fantastic Han Solo. Yeah, I think I think they need to distinguish from Harrison Ford as much as they can, um, while also like just finding someone who can channel that sort of swagger and persona. Um, you know, not try to be like a a person who looks exactly like him, but just acts like him. Because you're not going to find someone who looks like Harrison Ford. <laughs> you know, he's too good looking. Um, but yeah, I I'm still sort of ambivalent on this movie. But um, if they go the direction that I think they're going to go in based on the directors they've got, I think it'll end up being a super fun movie. Oh, so they did. They did play a uh, a clip of um of Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon, and everyone was losing their minds. But of course, it was actually the clip from the Lego Movie. <laughs> it was. Uh, we are such huge fans of the Lego Movie. I love it's that just, movie so oh, much. It is fantastic, and they played that entire little scene of the the Falcon turning up at the Sea Cow and and with Batman. And so yeah, it was uh, very well received. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's. I mean, I, I'm assuming if you hire them as directors, you're going for that sort of fun, irreverent, 
you know, atmosphere, which I think for a Han Solo movie, like you can't do a gritty Han Solo movie. It just doesn't work, you know, um, even like, you know, they, obviously there are parts of episode seven that were very dramatic, but, you know, then you've got Han, you know, being Han and getting in the middle of Conchi Club and the Guavian Death Gang. And I just want the Han Solo movie to be like like that entire scene of him trying to talk his way out of stuff. I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Um, and then they had the closing ceremonies and they played that wrap up video that they always do. That makes me cry. Oh, I'll- me too. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, I, w- I love, I love celebration. Star Wars. It's the best. Yeah, that was, yeah, I, that I, I did the same thing at, at Anaheim. Like I had a, had a tear in my eye for that video, but then the thought crossed my mind. Orlando is less than a year away. Uh huh. This is two celebrations within a year of each other, and then I didn't feel so sad. Yeah, because you will be there too, and and lots of other friends will be there as well. So yeah, I'm very excited. I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah, more typos in the hashtag. Yeah, right. How many times I put hashtag SWCA and then tweet <laughs> it and then rewrite the tweet with SWCE, and now I'm going to do the same for SWCE. Yeah. I'm just glad they're down to a four character hashtag. Yeah, like <laughs> don't yeah don't do that. Um, I'm I hope. Did you see any of the um, behind the scenes stage panels? Uh, yeah, I think I'm quite, they, they were kind of blurring together for me. I think that's the, where we saw the, um, that creature conjurers panel. Mm-hmm. I think that was there. No, cause, uh, cause I was, I was disappointed that there was no panel streamed from that room because, uh, the ho- Amy Ratcliffe was the host and, uh, she's, she was, she was great from what, from the couple times that I saw her, she did wonderful. Yeah. I really wanted to see her and, um, you know, cause she, she's friends and uh she's very very awesome and i hope they bring her back to orlando yes, so if you are with reed pop or <laughs> with lucasfilm please bring amy back amy is wonderful and we would love her to be hosting again at celebration orlando yes definitely like i was bummed i didn't get to see any of her but she came out during closing ceremonies and she seemed like she was really good at it and by then they were all super tired so <laughs> and uh it's funny because you know i'm so used to james arnold taylor hosting because he hosts star wars weekends um every year when they had it and also he was he's been the host for the past several domestic celebrations um but uh you know, Warwick Davis is always the the Europe celebration Europe host, uh, and he does such a good job too. He's like I don't think people realize how funny he is until they see a, something that he hosts or one of the videos that he produces that are just ridiculous. Um, hey, uh, he and Carrie Fisher reenact. I had a friend who was in that panel, and that was streamed as well. Carrie Fisher's one. Well, they they reenacted their scene from Return of the Jedi. I haven't, I haven't watched that yet. It's on they they the it's up on YouTube, but I haven't gotten to watch that yet. Uh, apparently, Gary got quite upset <laughs> at Warren Davis for trying to poke her. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and then David Collins has been hosting forever, and he he's really he's really good at it. Um, so yeah, uh, celebration. Uh, was it did you I, it's hard to compare you know between celebrations but like 
would do you think they it got better since Anaheim or did you like Anaheim better or I, I think they're they're kind of they're the same but they're different um I mean given that I've only these are my only two celebrations so mm-hmm. far and uh I will say that as a as far as convention centers go Anaheim is my favorite that was just I thought it was so well laid out. I loved how they did the queuing spaces and everything. And mm-hmm. the, the Excel Center in London, I just wasn't as fond of it in terms of its layout. And I mean, it, it functioned just fine. But it felt a bit more, um, it felt like an airline hangar. Uh, I heard it was a lot more just like exhibit halls than yeah, the actual like, rooms. There were, I think, four of those exhibit halls. And there weren't, yeah, there weren't really any any rooms which is something that um, Kevin is, is telling me how much he hates uh, the queuing and the lines and everything. But something I enjoyed at, at Anaheim was the little communities that would gather in those uh, queue rooms where we'd sit and we'd watch the Battlefront trailer on our iPads and that kind of thing. And I've recorded know, podcasts in those queue lines. It's great. Yeah, uh, I to me, that's part of the convention experience is just becoming instant friends with whoever you're you're sat next to. Um, but really the, the feeling of celebration for me and the thing that I really loved the most between, uh, on both sides of the Atlantic was the fans themselves and, uh, and the staff of the con, like how, how it was run. It felt like celebration. It was just in a slightly less awesome convention center. Yeah. And the beer was better. <laughs> That's a good. And you, and you could get a Cornish pasty right outside. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I think um, I know people are very familiar with Orlando because they've had two more two celebrations here already. Um, But I keep reiterating to people how big the convention center is and the space that they use for celebration five and six are it was not the entirety of that convention center. Um, I think they use like halls A through D and they have like two more exhibit halls that they didn't even use. (laughs) uh it probably so, will this time yeah i'm wondering like if they're going to use the entire entirety of the west concourse because i they could fill it up definitely what's the uh what's the capacity of the of that center it's actually oh. bigger than anaheim yeah I, I i i'm actually not sure um i know they have megacon there which is i think like 50 60 000 people now uh um, but i i think the last i saw uh Orange County Convention Center is rated, or the West Concourse is rated for a hundred thousand. Oh, so that'll be the uh, the episode eight queue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. I'm looking up. I'm looking up now. West Concourse capacity. Let's. Um, yeah, and the, the other nice thing about uh, Celebration here in Orlando is there are dedicated queue halls yeah. for every stage. Yeah, well, so, and like, how it's it's like how they had in Anaheim. They have, like, yeah. one queue hall to get in. They had a queue hall for the stage, queue hall for behind the scene, like, in digital stage. And that, so that's that's how they did it there, too. But it's it's more, it's a bigger convention center, so there's more room to spread out. It, yeah, yeah, that is something that I did like about Anaheim was those queue rooms. It just felt tidier. 
Yeah. And there's actually two different buildings. So the one that's been in before is the West Concourse, but there's also a North Concourse, which I don't think they would expand to that area. But yeah, it's it's really big. It doesn't say how many people, but it it's a it's a lot. <laughs> so yeah. I am super excited now for a celebration as if I wasn't before. <laughs> Um, so yeah, any final thoughts about Celebration, either from attendee or just watching at home? I, I just, I can't wait to go back. Like, it, it's now, no other convention exists to me. Yeah. I just, I just want Star Wars. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I want everything. I want the movies. I want the books. I want the games. I want the art. I want to talk with other fans. I just want to live in the Star Wars bubble for another three days or four days. Um, that was something else that was interesting about Anna uh, about the Europe convention was that it was only the three days, but mm-hmm. after three days, I was kind of sick of the Excel Center, not of the stuff inside it, just the logistics of the center itself. Yeah, it just I felt like we were walking through an airport. Mm, yeah. Although there was there was a Tie Fighter in there, so I guess you know it yeah, was thematically appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Any, I, I, Thrawn. Thrawn. That's all I can think about for, I, I still, I still get a smile on my face when I think Thrawn's going to be in Rebels. That's, that's really cool. And Wh- Timothy Zahn's writing a new book. Wedge for me. I'm so excited. Well, yeah. So I suppose we shall wrap up there. Uh, Jen, can you remind us again where we can find you online? Yes. I, uh, typically go by Mocking Nerd. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mocking Nerd, Instagram at Mocking Nerd. Um, other places at that same username. I forgot what social media I used. Um, but if anyone's interested in the in the art that I do, which is mostly wildlife and sharks and birds and that kind of thing, uh, that is at Jen Richards Art and also at JenRichardsArt.com. Very cool. All right. Well, we will go ahead and wrap the show up there. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the links on the blog. Help us keep the lights on. On Twitter, you can find us with the handle Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Rinry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we are the Tashi Station Network. We are available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, subscribe, leave a review. It does help us grow the show. You can find our columns, news, and other podcasts at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode, and we will catch you all next time. Bye. So long. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, 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 oh